Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Yeah, there it is. Hunter Biden's attorney files ethics complaint against Marjorie Taylor Greene for showing sexual images that Hunter was in. Right. So we'll see where that goes. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at the Um, This story from Ed Morrissey over at HotAir.com, quoting the Guardian newspaper which has sources apparently claiming that prosecutors have prepared a rather sweeping racketeering case against Donald Trump in Fulton County, Georgia. The basis of this would involve some known elements of the investigation, including the ill-advised call from Donald Trump to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to, quote, find 12,000 votes to reverse the outcome of the election. Here's from The Guardian Newspaper, quote, the Fulton County District Attorney investigating Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in the state of Georgia has developed evidence to charge a sprawling racketeering indictment next month, according to two people briefed on the matter. Don't know what that means. In the Trump and again, I with a grain of salt here, right? Take all of these stories until you actually see what the indictments say. Until we see what the presentation of evidence includes. This, to me, is just a, uh, eh, okay. Like, honestly, that's how I take all of these stories regarding Trump. Because I don't know if the, you know, sources with knowledge of the information, I don't know if they're believable sources. Because in the past six years, they kind of haven't been. They tended not to be. You get the one first version of the story, outrage ensues, donations flow to Democrats, And then it turns out a couple days or weeks later, yeah, that wasn't actually the case. So the Fulton County DA, um, Fannie Willis is her name, has evidence to pursue a racketeering indictment predicated on statutes related to influencing witnesses and computer trespass. Computer trespass. I don't know what that means. Is it like just using somebody's computer, accessing their system? Is that it? That's what it sounds like. Willis had previously said she was weighing racketeering charges in her criminal investigation, but the new details about the direction and scope of the case come as prosecutors are expected to seek indictments starting in the first two weeks of August. Uh, Heads up, I will not be here first week of August, so if anybody down in Fulton County... Well, I was going to say wait until I get back, but yeah, no, actually, I'm, I'm fine if you want to go. Yeah, you can pull the trigger on that the week I'm out. That's fine. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Uh, give me more time to read through it all. Um, so it turns out that the conspiracy theory regarding Dominion and Sidney Powell herself might play a role in the racketeering case, too. 
I remember hearing somebody make the case or make the pitch. I was on the air in Asheville. By the way, Sidney Powell has a place in Asheville, and that's why every now and again General Mike Flynn would pop up at Barley's in downtown Asheville. Um, but Sidney Powell lives in uh, uh, Biltmore Forest, I believe is the neighborhood. It's actually its own little municipality because, like, up there – they were prohibited from doing the annexation with the water lines like Charlotte did. So they couldn't gobble up all of Buncombe County. So there were all these like little towns and stuff all around. Anyway, um, the Kraken, Sidney Powell, I, there, was a, there was a hypothesis, a, a theory that was pitched because uh, I believe for years she was a Democrat. Now, being a Democrat in Buncombe in, in Western North Carolina, that's not, it's not unusual. There are a lot of Democrats that don't vote Democrat. They are just registered Democrats because in order to get any kind of, you know, job in Western North Carolina for like a century and a half, you had to be a Democrat because that's how Democrats rolled. So um, it's not it wasn't surprising that, OK, here comes Sidney Powell. She's working for Trump in this. Night. But I remember hearing there was a, a fellow who called and suggested when uh, in the immediate aftermath of the election, they said they're not totally convinced that um, Powell wasn't trying to hurt Trump by by being so crazy, by advancing all of these crazy theories, right? That is it possible that she's there specifically to harm him, to undermine him? And now is it possible that she's going to play a role in this racketeering case? And does she flip on Trump? According to The Guardian, a group of operatives allegedly paid by Powell breached Dominion machines in nearby Coffee County, which smells amazing first thing in the morning. Just a heads up on that. Um, they then copied data and uploaded it to a website in an attempt to prove their allegations against Dominion, presumably by crowdsourcing the code. The breach itself is not alleged. Quote, unquote, allegedly Last September, CNN and other media outlets reported that one of the fake electors promoted by the Stop the Steal effort from Team Trump had spent hours in the office when and where the breach occurred. Kathy Latham, a former GOP chairwoman of Coffee County, is under criminal investigation for posing as a fake elector in 2020. That seems problematic. Needless to say, Tying Trump personally to the hack in Coffee County would represent a rather foreboding challenge to this district attorney. But the racketeering charge may allow her to work around that. At least at the federal level, the RICO statute only requires prosecutors prove that each defendant belongs to a criminal racket or corrupt organization. Right. And so if you say, oh, I don't have to get you on this individual charge, all I have to get is you in the organization, right? That's the whole point of RICO, is that you could charge everybody for all the crimes in the racket. If they do that, then each member becomes legally responsible for all the crimes. That's how the feds busted up the mafia, among other types of organized crime. And presumably, Georgia's racketeering law works the same way, or at least very similarly, one would think. Willis's argument would be something like this. Sidney Powell, a.k.a. the Kraken, worked for Trump at the time the plot uh, was advanced, right? And 
this was a uh, a plot to commit a felonious criminal trespass, and it was done to advance Trump's interest in overturning the election. At or about the same time, Trump attempted to unduly influence Raffensperger into changing the outcome of the election. Ergo, a criminal racket is established with election fraud as its purpose. There may be other acts, too, in support of a racketeering charge. Georgia's statute requires two separate qualifying crimes, but obviously the more the merrier. If you get, you just throw a whole bunch of the pasta up against the wall and see how many you know pieces of spaghetti stick. Also, solicitation of a crime can be used as a predicate for one or both, and the DA is probably going to allege that the call to Raffensperger was a solicitation to election fraud. Now, all that being said, this is probably going to be a pretty tough lift, according to Ed Morrissey, again, at HotAir.com, because the um, uh, the woman, Latham, and the hackers, they certainly have some potential legal exposure but in Coffee County, but it seems pretty interesting that apparently nothing has been done about that so far, right? It's been three years, even with the video and testimonial evidence that they've had in hand since last September. Almost a year. They have video of it. But does Willis have evidence that ties that crime to Sidney Powell? And can she firmly establish, beyond a reasonable doubt, that Trump's intent with the call to Raffensperger was corrupt? Or did he truly believe that votes had not been fully counted and he wanted Raffensperger to fix what he saw as a real problem? That's the argument they're going to make, Trump's going to make. But you know what? Another indictment for Trump, another boost in his poll numbers. (laughs) I'm telling you, the more indictments that come down against Trump, the more I am coming around to believe that the Democrats really want him to be the nominee. Because I think, like, they keep indicting him, and his poll numbers keep going up in the primary. They really think they're going to get him. But I, I keep saying this. Be careful what you wish for. You guys thought Trump was going to be the easy one to beat against Hillary, too. And I know, I know... Biden beat Trump last time around, but I'm not so sure that the Biden of 24 is the same kind of candidate that could beat Trump in 2020, right? This Biden is a lot different. In fact, did you hear they changed his staircase and his sneakers? They have. And I'm not even talking about the corruption stuff. Yeah, new staircase, new sneakers. I'll explain in a minute. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All righty, so um, I know you probably watch every... Um, Every time Joe Biden walks to Air Force One, right? I'm sure you do this like I most Americans do. So you know every single time when he walks to Air Force One, there's always this sort of like... It's like watching NASCAR, right? 
Every time they go into the turn, there's always a chance something's going to happen. And so if you detected a slight change in the staircase, you are not crazy. You're not crazy. They're using one they're using the lower stairs, not the full scale stairs. I did not know I don't know what the difference is. I guess there's this I guess under the plane. So all right, years ago when I was a reporter here in the WBT newsroom, um, I covered George H.W. Bush. No, sorry, George W. Bush the second, right? W when he came to Charlotte. And I was the radio pool reporter. And so I waited out there and uh, on the tarmac, you know, you got to go through the Secret Service screenings and all that stuff. And I tried to get one of the other reporters in town to go run across the tarmac, but he didn't listen to me. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> you don't run. Don't run across the tarmac. <laughs> Not a good idea. Anyway, um, although with all the people uh, making a break for the White House over the fence and all nowadays and leaving Coke everywhere, I don't know. Might have gotten across the tarmac. I was not being serious. I would not have allowed him to do that. That would be wrong. He would have gotten shot down by Secret Service. So anyway, um, they, they travel with the beast, right, the, 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 the limo. And they got, they got vehicles that come out of the bottom of the plane. And so I wonder if, if there's a lower staircase that you come out at the lower, a lower level. So there are fewer stairs. Anyway, that's the point. And so White House aides say that this is an intentional shift to use the lower stairs. The aides say it is to make the president's travel easier. Which means safer. Of course it does. Safer. Dude's 80 years old, right? He's the only person I've ever seen that falls up the stairs repeatedly. He's taken a spill a couple of times on the stairs leading up to Air Force One. And he he took a half a spill recently, apparently. He recovered fast, and I guess the cameras barely caught what could have been another full-blown tumble. Also, I've seen uh, some blow-up pictures of the um, the spill he took after the uh, or at the Air Force graduation after he got finished speaking and he turned and uh, he was there standing up for a while maybe shaking everybody's hands maybe and then he fell remember and when they helped him up there was a picture taken and if you and some people were zooming in on the bottom of his shoes because you could see them because he he fell away from the camera and so as he's getting back up you could see the bottom of his shoes. And the bottom of his shoes have obviously been doctored somehow uh, with like some rubber grips. They're not wingtips. They're not flat, you know, shoes. And look, I get it. He's 80 years old. And you could tell that the way he walks, you know, he's he's got some gait issues, right? I'm not I'm not being mean about this. He's wearing sneakers more often instead of dress shoes. That's something you do to help lessen the risk of a fall because the shoes grip. When he got off Air Force One, when he returned from Europe, he was unusually casually dressed. He wore a polo shirt, khakis, and sneakers. Casual clothes will allow sneakers to be worn without calling attention to them. Right, because it would be weird if he was doing like the the tech bro thing, you know, where I'm like wearing a blazer, a t-shirt, and uh, suit pants, or jeans, maybe, with the sneakers. 
David, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, well, I was listening to your comments about the lowered stairs, and I'm not sure if I follow you, but I do know that um, risers on normal stairs are seven and a half inches tall, so you've got to lift your foot at least seven and a half inches Oh, in order to get to the next step. Oh, that's, you know what? You're probably right. Rather, I was thinking lower stairs as in like the whole, like the, you know, the, the truck that has the staircase on it, you know, and it rolls out right. there, but there's like a lower stair, like a, a shorter one. But no, lower stairs, what you're talking about is that it's not as big of a lift of the foot to get up the next step. Right, right. And that would help an elderly person. Absolutely. You, Yeah, I bet that's it. I bet that's it. Thank you, David. I appreciate it, man. All right. Yes, yeah, sir. Show, brother. All right, thanks, man. No, that's great info. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. Lower stairs. I wish they had explained it like David just did. Um, instead of the full-scale stairs. Right. That makes sense. Um, so he was already wearing some kind of rubber stabilizer thing on the bottom of his dress shoe heels. So now sneakers would be seen as an escalation in the caution. Quote, the sneakers are another concession to comfort necessitated by age, according to Politico. Quote, one person close to the president said Biden used to always resist wearing anything other than dress shoes, believing that any other footwear look was unpresidential. But he has eased up on that stance in recent months. Bloomberg's Justin Sink asked the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, about the reported change and whether the president was having mobility problems. The outlet reported that the president's aides were doing everything they can do to limit situations where any signs of physical frailty may be on heightened display. Yeah, but too late for that. Too late for that. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Let's go over here and get Mike on the program. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, Pete. Listen, as an architect, I can tell you that International Code says that in any commercial application, the maximum rise is 7 inches and the minimum tread is 11 inches without a nose. In, in residential, the maximum rise is seven and three quarters with a 10 inch tread, minimum 10 inch tread with a one inch nose. And that's every commercial application. Airplane, doesn't matter. I see. So the difference is between seven inches and seven inches and three quarters. Yes. They have I, found that, seven, that anything higher than seven inches is a, it creates a tripping hazard. All right. Because earlier somebody called it and said it was seven inches. Yeah, so you're saying it's between seven inches, seven inches, and three quarters. I feel like I'm no, back in no, my no, fraternity. No. It's like the difference no. of in residential applications it's seven and three quarters. In any commercial application it's seven inches. I got gotcha. you. Well, yeah, and I guess for some men that three quarters of an inch is a very big difference. Yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, interesting thing: the first fire. I mean, the first burglar alarms. Uh, and you can find it, look it up in Charleston, is 
about three or four steps up the stairs, they would make one step about two inches higher. Yes. And so if you didn't know that, you're going to trip and fall down the stairs. Ah. So it's like an anti-home invasion device. Yes. Interesting. I just thought they had really weird, you know, gates. That's all. That's good. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, that was one of the first ones. All right, thanks, Mike. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yeah, well, seven inches, seven inches, three quarters, big deal. That could mean, like, make make or break, like, a relationship. Uh, All right, so Joe Biden, the reason we're talking about this is that Joe Biden, uh, the White House confirms that they have, uh, he he is going down the lower stairs. And uh, thank you to uh, uh, Cirque de la Soul on the Twitter machine who sent me the link to a UK Telegraph article that actually shows the picture, I was correct. It's actually not about seven inches or seven and three quarters. It's a, apparently, the length doesn't matter. It's the, no, it's, right, it's the, the door at the, uh, at the top of the airplane versus there's another door at the bottom half of the airplane that you pull down and you go up into that because there are fewer steps because it's lower to the ground and the steps appear to be shorter too. The rise is not as tall. Uh, and that goes into the, the cargo hold. So he's been using that staircase, not going up into the top, like, you know, the, the nor- where everybody goes, right next to the cockpit. There's another door below and to the right, and he's been going in that one. So thank you, Cirque, Cirque, how do you pronounce that? Cirque de Soleil, de la Sol. I think, it, I'm, yeah, I think that's right, Cirque. We've also noticed that Biden has started skipping formal dinners when he is overseas. He needs some rest. The staff makes excuses like he has to finish a speech or something, but the, the reason is clear, right? He's, he's failing. He's old. He's, he's tired a lot. I mean, do you think he's sitting up writing his own speeches? Biden was spotted using the lower steps in good weather because then they said, oh, it's the weather conditions. But he's been spotted using the lower steps during trips to London, Vilnius, Helsinki, Washington, North Carolina, Chicago, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. So, no, it's not the weather. By the way, did you know anything about this skip lagging thing? Why Am I like the only one who ha- didn't realize like this was a thing? I've bought plane tickets to fly to New York for years. We try to go back. Unless, you know, Governor Ray Cooper shuts us all down. I try, we try to go back and, and see, you know, my family, uh, they still live up there. So we try to go back every year. And um, we've noticed sometimes that, like, oh, you know, the flight goes through some other city. And the prices are, are lower, and that's weird. But I'm not going to fly to Boston for a six-hour. Well, I'm not going to fly to Boston really for any reason. But I'm, I kid Boston. I kid Boston. Um, but... I'm not going to fly up there, have a six-hour layover, and then go into JFK or something. Now, if I lived in Boston, I would move. But if I li- I kid, I kid Boston. If I if I lived there, I could fly there, buy a plane ticket to JFK. It's cheaper than just a direct flight to Boston. I had no idea this was the case until this story the other day about a North Carolina teenager, one from Charlotte here, who was doing a thing called skip-lagging on his flight. Meaning the ticket is booked for connecting flights, but you never connect. You never, you never take the second leg of the trip. And so he's, he's from Charlotte. His name is Logan Parsons, kid 17 years old. 
He was flying on an American Airlines. Was it really American, though? Because what they're doing here does not sound American. It really doesn't. I question American. Anyway, um, Gainesville, Florida to JFK. That was the trip with a stop in Charlotte. The ticket was purchased with the intent that Logan would get off in Charlotte because it was a cheaper fare than a direct flight to Charlotte. Now, how stupid is this? Right? What a stupid thing. And I'm sure there's a reason. I don't believe it's probably a good one. I'm sure there's a reason why you're charging way more money to fly on a direct flight that's shorter than to fly way more money to go to the second location. And everybody knows, like, like once you're in the vehicle, you, you, you're screwed. You, you never go to the second location. That's what I learned by watching all of those shows. Never go to the second location. So, but they're charging you more money for a shorter flight. And then you know they're selling that next seat. So if you buy the whole ticket all the way and then get off, they don't get the, they don't get the money for, this, for the second seat, for the second leg. They could have sold that seat. That's what they're mad about. So they, they gouge you, on the, they gouge you on, the, on the direct flight to Charlotte. That's what, that's what it tells me, that you're overcharging on that first leg if I'm direct. Now, Logan's father said that the family has skipped lagged before, saying we've used, apparently there's an app, skip lagged for almost exclusively for the last five to eight years. So what does that tell me? This kid, Logan, this kid doesn't know any better. He doesn't know any better. This is the way he's always done it. If they, his family's been doing it this way, and he probably didn't even, know, didn't even know there was anything wrong with it. Clyde, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Hey, so I've been skip lagging for 20 years and have never, ever been questioned. Although they do frown on it and they mention it and say, hey, it's, uh, you know, we, we don't allow it. But I've done it. I, I, I'm at the highest level of Air, American Airlines flying you can get. But I've never been questioned. I, my guess is on this kid, I'd like to hear, is he uh, may have had a bag. And you sometimes you get to the gate and they say, hey, if you want to check it to your destination. They said, and he walked up there and they sa- he said, I'm going to go to Charlotte. And they said, but your tickets to Raleigh or wherever. Right. Going through Charlotte. And then they, and that's how they caught him. But this but kid's they, been they banned. know that he's not going to wherever, right? They have no idea. They have no way of knowing that. Right, un- un- unless he tells them, which he apparently did. He admitted, Absolutely. yeah, he admitted to it because he's a seventeen-year-old kid. He's in trouble, obviously, and he doesn't know what the right answer is and what's legal and not. And and yeah, so when they ask him, he tells them, "No, I was getting, I bought it with the intent to get off in Charlotte because I'm from Charlotte, and he had a North Carolina license, and that's what alerted one of the uh, one of the 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 people that work for American Airlines at some point, one, you know, at security or something, and they're like, oh, this kid's skip-legging. So, but, but like, why does, why, did, why does that matter so much? This kid's now banned from flying American Airlines for, like, three years. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They can take all your really? points and stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. They can. And that's what I'm saying. It's just an odd thing. I know, I know, I know 20 or 30 people that do it, <laughs> and we fly every week, and it's just, I hope Clyde is not your real name. I hope you're going by an assumed name here, so nobody working at American Airlines. All right, but but it's not my first name. All right, all right. You've said too much. They're going to track you down, and they're going to take all your points. I liken it to uh, to uh, buying a loaf of bread, and they tell you you can't. You have to eat it all. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I agree. Clyde, have a great weekend, buddy. Appreciate the call.
All right, man, thanks. I have some, uh, there are some tips offered up by a former um, airline worker and uh, a cabin crew member for U.S. Airways, now American Airlines, and um, the now defunct Virgin America, and uh, says there are a couple things you can do to avoid getting caught. Now, I'm not advising you do this, but I'll give you the tips in a minute. Here's a tweet from Michael who says, Pete, so airlines are upset if you skip lag, yet make it common practice to overbook flights and then try to bump you. That's exactly right, Michael. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, This is John. Welcome to the program. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, good afternoon, Pete. How you doing? Thanks for the tickets to News and Brews. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'll see you there. Yeah, excellent. Hey, uh, this whole thing with skip, skip lagging has been going on for decades. Uh, but thing, you know, if I buy a ticket, I, it's up to me how I use that ticket. Now, if I bought, you know, say I had a two layovers, whatever, and I missed my flight altogether, are they going to come, you know, call me up and say, "Hey, why didn't you use your ticket?" Yeah. No. Did, will no. they? Will, will you get a refund if you missed your connecting flight and get on another flight? Of course not. I mean, you know, and so if I buy a, you know, multi-leg ticket, if I want to use half of it, that's the, that's me that, you know, it's my ticket. I, I should be able to use it at once. It's them who are making the pricing so ridiculous that, I mean, one that you have to have an app to try to figure out mm-hmm. how you can, you know, get the right thing is, you know, to me, this is on the airline. Yeah. You know, they, they're kind of like, Making you break the rules, but, but by the way they they've incentivized ridiculous it. Ridiculous prices, right? Yeah, they've they've incentivized the the process. They've built this. They built their model to incentivize this kind of response. It's the market uh, forces at work. John, I appreciate the call, buddy. Have a great weekend. I got a quick email to read and some uh, tips. This is from Jay. He says I used to rent a car one way to Greensboro and then fly to LAX on the return. Just get off in Charlotte and get my car in the deck. Saved over a thousand dollars. This is what I mean. The American, the market is. Oh, yeah, my bad. The market. Sorry, I was talking to Chris. Um, the market is telling you something, American. It's telling you something, and you should listen to what the market is telling you. The signals are there. Bloop, 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 bloop. Here's some advice. You didn't hear it from me. You heard it from Bobby Laurie, who is a former flight attendant. It's not illegal, but it is frowned upon in the industry. This slip, uh, slip, or sorry, skip lagging. Um, he worked as a cabin crew uh, for U.S. Airways and Virgin American. He says, number one, limit your interaction with airline employees. Two six packs of shiner, ninety nine cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. That igloo cooler Take a guess at all to do her I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone Another working week is over No chance of staying sober
I can feel a good one coming on. All right, so avoid uh, interacting with employees. Check in via an online or app or something, right? Uh, instead of going to the kiosk, right? And unless it's something urgent, don't talk to them. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight. Situation couldn't be more right. I can feel a good one coming on. So besides checking in online or an app, limiting your interaction with airline staff, also don't use frequent flyer information as your account could get canceled and never, ever check in luggage because it'll likely end up at the final destination. Skipleg.com also says don't do it too often because they could pick up on it and penalize you. All right. We'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.